Support for Another Round comes from August, a new kind of consulting company that helps organizations realize their potential to make a meaningful dent in the world. Interested in doing this work? Drop them a line today at www.og.co slash another round. That's A-U-G dot C-O slash another round. Hi, everyone. I'm Heaven. I'm Tracy. And welcome to Another Round with Heaven and Tracy. I was going to try to do the penguin air horn, but nobody but a penguin can do that. So I'm glad you resisted. (laughs) Same. So, everybody, we have a very, very exciting announcement. We are going on the road to do a live show at the University of Michigan in Ann Arbor. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my God. The crowd goes crazy. Where any words at? The show is going to be on April 14th, and it's free, but you have to RSVP beforehand. Um, for the link to RSVP, keep an eye on our Twitter feed at Another Round. And come and see us, Michigan. Ah. Hey. What's going on today, Tracy? What we got? So we've had too many men in the studio. Oh my god! Too many A preponderance. men. Preponderance. Too many men. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't on purpose. Sometimes you just get to booking people, and then you're like, "Hey, it's all dudes." Yeah, it's but a, we it's a sausage it up. fest in here. So today we're talking to our friend slash coworker Bim Adawunmi. If you follow her on Twitter, you know she is the queen of Popping Town. I'm sorry. She's really great and doesn't deserve that intro. The queen of popping town? I was reaching and it did not work, okay? Heaven, as your friend, I support you when you're right and when you're wrong. (laughs) I'm just here to hug you when you you fall. It's okay. Bim is the best writer and we're so excited to talk to her. She's so fun and so funny. And also, we are uh, reading a few of Tracy's tweets. So... To, these are a bunch of tweets that I found by going to Twitter and searching all of my tweets for the phrase what if. And these are things that, that popped up. This is a new segment we like to call questions inside Tracy's head. <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited. All right, let's get into it. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Tracy's What If Tweets. That's not what we decided to call it. Welcome to that was literally a second ago. (laughs) Welcome to Things Inside My Head. Questions Questions from Tracy's Head. Questions from Tracy's Head. If you guys can't tell, sometimes we name segments on the spot. (laughs) (laughs) We got through that one together, though. All right. Uh, What What are some questions you've had? This is actually a. A thought that I have a lot because sometimes I feel like it applies to me and I don't know why. What if someone smelled like feet, but their actual feet smelled fine? (laughs) (laughs) What? Why do you think about that frequently? (laughs) Because sometimes I feel like my hands smell like feet. And I'm just like, what have I been doing? Like when I wake up. Just like my hands just kind of oh smell God, like feet. Tracy, not like, I, I'm so concerned for you. Not like bad smelling, but you know, it's feet. It's like feet smell. My actual feet though? Fine. Petunias. I don't know. I don't get it. Petunias? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't understand, but I'm going to keep it moving. I appreciate you. I do. Um, what if somebody... <laughs> what if somebody have fingers growing out of their elbows and they asked you for a high five? No. You wouldn't absolutely do it? not. Heaven, if I had fingers growing out of my elbows and i was like can you just I mean, affirm i'm me not a high day? fiver hmm you know what but maybe i pound the t- with that extra okay. finger situation that's fair i feel like i'm i'm learning so much about you. <laughs> 
What if we had opposable nipples and they moved whenever they wanted to? No. Let's, let's, That's so distracting. Let's kick it up a notch. What if your nipples only moved by themselves when you were lying? <laughs> oh, that'd be dangerous Baby, I don't me. know who this number is. <laughs> circle, 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 circle. <laughs> Tracy, what's going on in your head? Okay, so uh, for a time was taking melatonin to sleep. And it, it just made me think some weird shit. Yo, I feel you. It did. It did. But a lot of these are in my post-melatonin life, so I don't. What if a dolphin. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> what if a dolphin read a site of amazing facts? And one said, like dolphins, humans can't identify each other by sight. And the dolphin was shocked. <laughs> <laughs> They're just like us. <laughs> What? Why are you thinking about a dolphin's point of view? <laughs> Why was I thinking about nipples moving when you lie? I, I do not have answers for you. I do feel like other mammals in the animal kingdom uh-huh. are like, humans think they're so special. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> y'all think y'all invented uh, shit. <laughs> we masturbate for fun. Guess what? We do too. How about that? Oh, <laughs> uh, you so special. Yeah, I'm a human. Nah. <laughs> What if our teeth were where our fingernails are and to chew we had to drum our fingers on top of our food like we're impatient with somebody? (laughs) (laughs) You sit the table. (laughs) Mom, what's wrong? Nothing. It's just a good ass sandwich. That's all. (laughs) That'd be so confusing. The passive aggressive game would have to change. (laughs) (laughs) You would have to restructure your life in so many ways. What if they named the royal baby Duquan? (laughs) Kate Middleton comes out, like presents him like Simba. I, I bring you to Quan. Can you imagine the think pieces? <laughs> the British crowd is <laughs> appropriating black culture. <laughs> oh my goodness. I don't really understand royal baby fever. Me either. And I do feel like the people who are who are struck by that fever. <laughs> Could use a Daquan in their lives. <laughs> Probably could. I feel like this is a good idea. Do they have a suggestion? Like box? they don't know a single child named Daquan. No. And they, they certainly do don't care for it. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm just saying, carry on. I'm sorry for that. <sighs> okay, so these next tweets are a series of four. What if you woke up one day with a face on each of your knees and they had their own personality? No, 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 no. It gets worse. No. <laughs> and what if the right knee face hated the left knee face so you had to wear knee pants all the time <laughs> so they wouldn't fight? <laughs> I remember this night, actually. This was def- These are definite melatonin tweets. What if your knee faces laughed at funerals and everybody glares because they think it's you because they don't know about your knee faces? <laughs> Reasonable, reasonable. I would be mortified. Yeah. Because you can't like... just be like, no, it's my knee faces. They're like, what? <laughs> <laughs> That's not an appropriate time for that conversation at a funeral. That's not right. It's not right. I don't know when is an appropriate time for that. Fair. Okay. And the last one in, in this series. And what if your knee faces spoke in a made up language like The Sims? Oh, my God. <laughs> that fucking, that'd be so annoying. Oh, my goodness. This has been a journey through my brain. I don't know. All 
All right, everybody. We are so pumped for our next guest. We wanted to have her on for a lot of different reasons. One being because we sort of fell into having way too many men on the show. It's we just been apologize. it's been a parade of peen, and we oh did not God. do it. On, <laughs> what a horrible! We phrase. didn't do it intentionally, so we are rectifying that now. And we also want her on because we love introducing you to dope people that you may not know of, and she's definitely somebody who should be on your radar. Facts. And she's a joy and a delight, and she's so funny, and she's a brilliant, brilliant writer and editor at BuzzFeed.com. Please welcome to the show, Miss Bim Adewunmi. Hello. Hi, Pumpkin. Hi. Hi. How Hi. are you? I'm, I'm, I'm wonderful. Thank you. I'm, I'm great. I love listening to you speak. Do you want to just talk for 30 minutes? That I can do. Okay, go. Okay. So with super, super dope people that some people may not know, we really love to start with the question, what do you do and why? I write about everything that is interesting to me, which happens to be a lot of popular culture. Mm -hmm. So I watch, I, my, my eyes are kind of square shaped because I <laughs> spend a lot of time. Um, I love that expression. I, I, I kind of, I, I watch a lot of screens mm -hmm. um, on a day-to-day -day basis and for a huge chunk of my teenagehood, um, I had very few friends, but I was hugely into Star Trek. So hmm. in the grand scheme of life, I think I won. But, you know, right. there, <laughs> yes. was some, there were some lonely years. That's all I'm going to say. Same, girl, same. <laughs> so why do you do what you do? Because I like it um, and people are happy to have me um, mm. doing it. If I wasn't a writer, um, I'm sure I would be fine doing literally anything else like this is not, you know, lots of people kind of say, oh, I do this because if I didn't do this, then I couldn't do it. And that. right. I'm too Nigerian for that. Like, no, nah, I'd find, <laughs> I'd find work. <laughs> like, I would find work. Uh -huh. I would pay my bills. <laughs> I would be, I'd be very fulfilled. You'd be fine. But I, I do it because people keep letting me do it. And I think that's just wonderful. Oh, that's what? such a pretty answer. I know. <laughs> what did you want to be when you were like itty bitty? Uh, a butterfly. Aww. Oh my God! You're I'm ridiculously adorable. <laughs> Jesus Christ! That <laughs> you say that, and my parents were just mostly uh, disturbed because my sister, who's my older sister, is um, she's wonderful. She's my best friend, and she's um, when she was younger, she was a very focused child. And I think by the time she was six <laughs> years old, she was like, "I want to be an engineer." <laughs> and then they would kind of turn to me and be like, "And you, Bim?" And I'd say, "And ah, something pretty." And I'd be like, "Oh my God! Like, why are you such a bad?" child <laughs> um, but it's fine because everything's fine now my parents still love us both um, my sister is not an engineer as it turns out so that's also very good like is she a butterfly she's not a butterfly mm. um, sadly the technology doesn't exist yet <laughs> that would have been a twist though right? listen imagine <laughs> <laughs> so Bim you were born in Britain is that right yes I was born in London earlier at the top of the show we had some questions about the like the royal family the royal <laughs> baby and like the name and stuff I'll be honest, I don't get it. <laughs> I mean, I, I've been nowhere, I know nothing, but like I look at like Britain and like in the whole royal family obsession and I, I don't get it. So here's my question. Sure. Do you think there will ever be a time in world history where there could be a royal baby named Duquan? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> First of all, Daquan is an excellent name. Yes, agreed. Facts. It is, I think, to my mind, the most kingly name mm. you could name a baby. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's just a wonderful name, <laughs> and I, I mean this with literally no shade. Uh -huh. It's 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 a fantastic name. Right. I would hope. I mean, judging by world demographics, mm -hmm. there will come a time when the royal family will not look the way it looks today. So they uh -huh. they, they there may very well be a what? baby in the future. 
who will be called Daquan Wales. <laughs> well, so, you just so hala, hala, hala. You, you just blew my mind. <laughs> The idea that the royal family could one day not be white is not a thing Why that I would have that happen? ever well, considered. I, mean, I don't think that's true. I don't think well, that will happen. Really? I mean, what if the, the Nula baby marries marries a black girl? Yeah, that's then... a big what if. <laughs> what if what if what even if Prince Harry mm. just married some Nigerian Listen, <laughs> what if what if he married some Nigerian British girl called Bissy? <laughs> <laughs> What is stopping Prince Harry from marrying a Nigerian British girl? Well, go. Well, I have a question okay. that may lead to an answer. Is Prince Harry the one that was <laughs> that was photographed in like a, a Nazi like armband? The very one. Okay, I think that might be a hurdle. <laughs> All I'm saying to is Missy getting into okay, the. Listen, it's I, I'm not okay. I don't approve clearly of uh, <laughs> wearing a swastika. Okay. on his person. Good to know. All I'll say is this. I've spoken to about, let's say conservatively, mm. about 15 black girls. Yeah, black British girls mm-hmm. who I suppose wouldn't say this publicly. Ooh. But, you know, on the Black Girl Network. Ooh, <laughs> we, I mean, listen, let me just explain to you Ooh. that Prince Harry is a very, very, very fine ginger man. Okay. What? And okay. there is, I'm just going to say this. Okay. I want no judgment. Safe space. What is it we say? Don't at me. <laughs> Let me just say what I know to be true. Okay. 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 Speak your truth, girl. Prince Harry mm-hmm. is not the ugliest prince we've ever had. That's it. <laughs> what a British okay. house answer. <laughs> okay. But wait, though. So, in your conversations with these black girls, sure. that they also think he's attractive? I thought you were going to say that he likes to dibble and dabble. Yeah, oh, that's in what a I was waiting for. Okay. What's the tea? So, so, you know how sometimes you look at someone uh-huh. and you yes. just think, I think. Tracy has. Really good radar. My for radar this. is on point. So Tracy understands what I'm talking about. Heaven, uh-huh. get please. Uh, my please, radar is off. Please <laughs> ascend to our level. But I think Prince Harry gives off mm-hmm. a certain vibe. Uh-huh. I don't know how to say this without sounding incredibly creepy, but I think <laughs> that there is a possibility mm-hmm. that if I were to smile at Prince Harry, <laughs> right. He would smile back. Right, Ooh. right. And that's that's how it starts. That's how it starts. That's, how it that's starts. the beginning of what could be a very okay. different looking royal family. So Prince Duquan can argument. Yeah. Okay. What is it like being black in Britain? Oh, it's a delight. Please say more. Please elaborate. <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm from London mm-hmm. and most of my years in England have been in London. So mm-hmm. I think um, much in the same way many people talk about New York not being quote unquote real America. Right. I think London often feels like hmm. a bubble for many people. Mm-hmm. Um, having said that, I think being black in London, in England, it's joyous and it has, you know, some side helpings of not so joyous stuff. <laughs> mm-hmm. So there's this web series by this British uh, Jamaican filmmaker named Cecile Emeke. Yeah. Uh, the series is called pardon my horrible French, <laughs> Flaneur. Yeah. That was beautiful. <laughs> oh, my uh-huh. God. A.K.A. Strolling. <laughs> yes. It's basically, I really like it. It's like, it's like mm. a series where you, um, like, there are, like, two women, like, taking a walk or whatever and just talking about what it's like to be, like, a black women in any particular space. Mm-hmm. One of the first episodes is about being black women in France. Mm. And they talk a lot about the dominance of American pop culture mm. and the desire to express a blackness outside of the african-american experience Mm -hmm. yeah is that something you think about oh all the time i'm actually in the middle of writing something about the centering of a global blackness that is almost always 
and African-American blackness. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are so many other ways to be black. But I, I, I think people forget that America's greatest export is its culture. Mm-hmm. So it's, I mean, it's cultural imperialism in which other blacknesses are essentially erased yeah. to um, kind of feed into this global blackness. This one, you know, it's kind of like the one ring. There mm-hmm. is one true blackness and it's almost, it's almost always uh, an American blackness and i think when you bring that up to many black americans there is a feeling that they are being attacked um <laughs> and that's i hear that yeah yeah but it's it it's, it's very far from the truth and i think what we're trying to do is establish that we have an, uh, an identity that is completely separate mm. whilst being a huge part of this global family of blackness right but black british people are very different to black belgian people to black german people i lived in germany for a while um, a few years back and I spoke to, I joined a group of black feminists out there in Berlin. And they... What do you mean? What kind of group was this? This sounds dope. It was, they were called, I think they were called uh, Afrofem. And they were basically just, it was just, many of them were kind of um, first and second generation um, mm. uh, black people. Um, some of them were mixed race. Some of them had one white German parent and an African parent or from, from elsewhere. And some of them were even um, immigrants um, from America and elsewhere in, now living in Germany. And they kind of said very much the same thing. I think lots of Americans view Europe as this kind of weird utopia because a lot of mm. our police forces do not carry guns. Mm. <laughs> and I think there is this idea that, well, if you're not being shot in the street, then mm. get away you're complaining. Yeah. Mm. So I think there was a time after um, the shootings of you know, several high profile shootings of black um, people in, in the U.S., and you would hear people talking on Twitter or on mm. Tumblr kind of saying stuff like, oh, well, in, you know, in the UK, you know, police officers don't carry guns and they haven't killed a black person in blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And I remember kind of having conversations with so many black British people on Twitter and elsewhere, just kind of like they just don't get it. Like it's mm-hmm. completely. Yes, our police officers do not carry guns as a matter of course, but there are many ways to kill a person. Mm-hmm. Um and there are many other places, many other places that um, the people who are picking up these statistics are not looking. Mm. So, in terms of mental health discrimination, receiving care, um, in terms of deaths in custody, which isn't necessarily, you know, going to come from the end of a gun, bodies, people dying whilst in police custody, the treatments meted out to people who are black um, and other non-white races in in the UK, in terms of access to all sorts of services, there are so many ways to skin a cat. And I think to look at it purely from um, the position through the lens of gun crime, it does us a disservice. And I think there are times when I've seen conversations between activists in America and in the UK, and there is just this weird refusal to see it's almost like a willful um ignorance when Mm. someone is telling you that let me tell you the ways in which i'm being killed Mm -hmm. and you say no no if it's not a gun i'm not really interested and i think there's a lot of anger sometimes when you kind of look at some black um, britain's tweets and they're just kind of like why why can't you understand that our lives are very similar Mm -hmm. but they're also very very different that is true i i've been thinking a lot about the monopoly american stories about violence have in the global economy of violence (laughs) yeah Meaning, like, if a black child is shot in America by a cop, black people all over the world will hear about it. Uh But if a black child dies anywhere else, Uh like, there's not that same urgency. There's not... It really points to like the how centered the american experience is yeah Mm -hmm. in all these conversations and i think there are reasons for that i think when we talk about numbers you know there are so many more black americans Mm. and then we talk about access and we talk about 
just the way things are ordered, you know, who do we care about? Who does the media tend to focus on? Mm. And a lot of the time it will focus on the American casualties, mm -hmm. it, you know, in, in global catastrophes. So how much more so if we're going to talk about blackness? I mean, it, it stands to reason that it would fall under exactly the same right. thing, you know, American lives, uh, you know, almost above all others. Yeah. Mm. Um, and it's a very difficult thing because even though black people are worse off within the American system, they are still American. Mm. Right, right. So They're that kind of trumps, no pun intended, um, the other oh, stuff. No. I'm so oh, sorry. No. I'm sorry. Uh, what, do you, what do you make of our politics <laughs> right now? I think God bless this great nation. <laughs> <laughs> this Trump shit, I, I have been doing so much research about it because I still just don't understand. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. What are the conversations about the current American presidential run like mm. in London? Well, I like, are they just like pointing and laughing at us like, look at these fools. There is a bit of that. But I think there's also just a real genuine fear mm. as well. Mm -hmm. I think the natural um, reaction is to just kind of go, ah, lol, America. Yeah. <laughs> but I, but there I, they go again. I know. It's, back you know, back it. at it again. <laughs> Damn, America. Um, <laughs> but I... <laughs> But I think, I mean, I think everyone's kind of wary of appearing as though they are telling America mm. how to run their business. You know, mm. you don't want to be that condescending person going, hi, dear America, <laughs> you know. Well, actually. Exa exa exactly. You don't want to be America, is what yeah. you're saying. <laughs> I, I never said that. Um, you're right. But I, think, but I think, I think there is, there is a fear of appearing to be, you know, quite paternalistic and, Oh, poor, poor, stupid Americans who don't understand what they're getting themselves into. And I think mm. that does many of the voters a massive disservice. People know a lot of the time they know what they're doing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think I understand why so many of these so-called Trump supporters mm. kind of take umbrage at John McCain saying, oh, you shouldn't vote for Trump or, or Mitt Romney saying that. It's like, well, why? Why, why mm -hmm. should we listen to you? How dare you tell us yeah. that our feelings aren't you know, valid or whatever? And I think... It's very seductive. I think if you feel as though you are your, your birthright is being taken away from you, mm. you know, you, you chalk it to rationality. I right. mean, it, it might look irrational um, from the outside, but I think when you are in it, mm. and this is, you know, Trump on a Trump, he's not a, an exclusively American issue. I mean, mm. you look at the rise of um, the far right party in the UK, the BNP, or even elements of UKIP. Donald Trump is not the first, and he won't be the last. I think. There is there is a lot of mileage in being some kind of weird, um, hugely accepted demagogue. Like you're allowed to be that. You can mm. do that. That I think is a more terrifying thing. That he's not an isolated case. He doesn't exist just in America. Right. It's it's all over the world. It's in the UK. Um, but again, we hear about Trump because it's America. <laughs> so we're all doomed, basically. I mean, listen, it's we've had a good run. Um, <laughs> we can just we can just burn the whole we thing down. We fucked yeah. a lot of shit up. Panic sex time. Just get it. Just do it. Just get at your list. That's it. With your last um, twenty days. That's it. So the poet Toy Derrycoat has quoted Toni Morrison in saying, all writers eventually realize that all their writing is about longing for the ancestors. Ooh. Does this resonate with you? Ooh. Yes and no. Mm. There was something that Juno Diaz um, said when he was speaking, um, I think it was at the New York Public Library, and I listened to it in podcast form. And he was saying something about writers... Um, sometimes imagining themselves as representatives of their people mm. and sometimes just having to let that go. Mm. And I think a lot of the time when I first started writing stuff, I remember kind of rationalizing writing about certain things and saying, well, if I don't write it, who will? Like what? 
mostly black stuff. You Word. know when you get an email from an editor and they go, <laughs> "Hi." <laughs> so this and that's always the tone. Like and you can always hear that. You tone. can hear that tone, and it's, I mean it's written, but you can see them yeah. kind of hunching their shoulders and going, "Hey, <laughs> hi." Um, it's so transparent, right? And it's like so. I saw this thing, and um, I found it fascinating. And I thought to myself, "Hang on, you're Nigerian British." Haven't you got some thoughts on this? <laughs> and then you have to, yeah. And then you have to kind of think to yourself again. Okay, so I think about my other commissions and rent and mm-hmm. bills. Word. Yes, I'll do it. <laughs> um, and there are other times when the money doesn't even come into it, and you just think, you know what? I do want to write about this. Mm. Or if I didn't write this, who, you know, you have to think about the other mm. writers on that list. Who will they go to next if I say no? Word. And will I be irritated as fuck the next day <laughs> yes, to probably. find this? You know, there are times when I've been asked to go and do some stuff on radio and I go, mm. I can't do it either because I don't want to or because I genuinely can't. And then I hear the person who kind of has, has taken my place and I go, ah, oh, yeah. that idiot. No. <laughs> <laughs> and, you you know, it's, it's a difficult thing. Um, so I think, yeah, you can, I think it's impossible, especially if you are a black writer mm. um, or writer of another ethnic minority um, in the country that you are writing, I think it's very difficult for you to escape the feeling that you are writing for, quote unquote, your people. Mm. And that's a blessing and a curse because you are one person and it's very difficult for you to kind of encapsulate all the things, which is why the answer kind of lies in having more than one black person that you call on mm. you know that thing about hello like every single time somebody dies it's kind of like oh, okay so this someone's just got shot so let's mm. bring up our roster of people who write yeah. about when black people die mm-hmm. um so you end up having this weird beat um Cord jefferson wrote this great piece on medium um a few years back i think about the racism, the racism beat. beats yeah like I, I give it to every young black writer i speak to who mm. i mean I've become quite obnoxious with it and I, you know, like really unsolicited. I'm like, oh, that's, I'm, I'm glad you asked. Um, here's a piece. Um, and you can see yes, them. Yes, <laughs> do it for the children. And you can see them kind of looking at me like, that's literally not what I asked you. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think, I mean, I, and you know, I get emails from, you know, young journalists and I try my best to reply and I don't often, you know, sometimes I don't and I, I apologize. Mm. But they kind of say, well, oh, I, I'm, I'm worried that I'll get into this, you know, this ghetto of writing just about black things. Right. Mm. And a part of me is kind of like, well, sometimes that's something you have to do. Mm. But a lot of the time too, I just kind of tell them, just say no. Like yeah. if it's psychically going to bother you, Mm. then don't do it like it's mm-hmm. not worth it everything that I almost well not everything but almost everything that I ever wrote on that black beat I thought I want to write this mm. which I think is the only question to ask yourself there is a lot of talk about what you should do for you know for, for for yourself and for your people and all that jazz and I think that's really valid and it's it's worth your time you should think about that a lot mm. um, something I read ages ago about people having a to-do list but also an I don't list Ooh. which yo that's fire that's not even mine that was somebody <laughs> on the internet and I was like thank you internet lady but yeah. that works like you know this is what I do and this is what I won't do and I think mm. that I don't list has kind of helped you know helped me mm. just yeah. kind of take a step back and say I don't want to do this yeah man, that's really good alright we're gonna take a short break to get some refills and hear from our sponsor and when we get back we're gonna play a fun game with Bim more drags yay support for another round comes from August a new kind of consulting company that's starting a revolution in the way organizations work from helping leaders embrace change to building work cultures where people act like people and not business robots which brings us to a little thing we like to call The corporate jargon drinking game. The rules are simple. I'll present Tracy with a particularly weird or stupid piece of office jargon, and she'll have to guess what it means. If she loses, she drinks. 
<sighs> All right, Tracy, you ready for this? Born ready. The piece of office jargon you must translate today is FUBAR. All right, let's break this down. FOMO is fear <laughs> of missing out. Okay. FUBU <laughs> means for us by us. You're just listing acronyms. <laughs> <laughs> FROYO <laughs> is short for frozen yogurt. Ergo, okay. and furthermore. All right. <laughs> I have no idea what this means. <laughs> FUBAR? It means fucked up beyond all repair. What? AKA out of working order, seriously, perhaps irreparably damaged. Well, okay. It's time to drink. Nobody knows. Nope. Nobody says FUBAR. I'm going on the record. If you're passionate about revolutionizing the way companies operate and love to geek out about things like the future of work and what makes teams awesome, get in touch with August, a consulting firm for the 21st century. Learn more at aug.co slash another round. That's A-U-G dot C-O slash another round. So in addition to your um, incredible writing and thinking and stuff, you're also, and stuff, <laughs> my bad. <laughs> you're also what I would like to call a thirst queen. <laughs> Ooh. Please meet Bim, our thirst correspondent. We mean this as a compliment. Like, okay, good. Definitely. Your Twitter is such a joy because you introduced me to people I should be thirsting over. Mm-hmm. Listen, mm-hmm. I just feel like there is, there's an abundance. I do a lot of thirsting on Twitter because mm-hmm. I think there is something to be said for uh, female desire. Yes. Um, go and female off. desire expressed. Yes. Mm. I think there's never been a shortage of uh, desiring people. Mm. But just saying it, I don't even mean necessarily like being lascivious or yeah. trying to, you know, I'm not trying to make anyone uncomfortable. beauty in the world. Yeah, just <laughs> understanding that Jesse Williams's face mm. is symmetrically perfect. <laughs> you know what? We I'm really so glad you glad brought that, that you up. Said this. <laughs> So normally this is the part of the interview where we do pew, 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 pew. And I have to explain that these are finger guns and it's a noise sound because it's a rapid fire. You don't have to explain, but I have to do it this time. So instead of pew, 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 this interview, we're going to do something especially for you as our new thirst correspondent. And we are going to play a game of fuck, marry, kill. No, I can't kill anyone. I fancy (laughs) everyone. Um, We can change kill to like... Maine. Mutilate. Is okay, that's fine. I Fuck can maim. maim. Yeah, <laughs> I mean they still be alive. Yeah. Wow, you just it's adjust. Yeah. It's fine. It's maim. cool. It's Fuck cool. Mary maim. <laughs> that's what we're doing. So, in the spirit of um, both Women's History Month, yes, <laughs> and in the spirit of um, clearing out the suit from all the men who have come through, we're sure. going to objectify men for a little while. Wonderful. No better person to do that with <laughs> than you. I appreciate you appreciating me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So we're going to do three rounds of Fuck, Mary Mame. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> each round will have a theme. Would you like to pick the first theme, Fair Heaven? All right. So our first is the Woke Man edition. Oh, <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> you have your Jesse Williams of Grey's Anatomy fame. Mm. You have Matt McGorry of uh, Orange is, the, Orange new is the New Black. And He's die as boo. And Instagram. He just going <laughs> off on Instagram. Instagram thirst chat. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. And Terry Crews from Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Yes. Ooh. Yes. Okay. Three very woke men 
do you know what? That's not as hard as I thought it would be. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. okay. I'm Break listening. Okay, well, straight up, I would maim Matt McGorry. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> I kind of saw this coming, but, but why? Why are you going to maim Matt A friend Matt of mine called him the thirstiest ally. Yeah. His Girl. Instagram is pictures of like him shirtless <laughs> with Holding a book like a copy yeah, of, like, of like, the new Jim Crow <laughs> yeah. Yeah. by Michelle Alexander. Like, yeah. It's just like he's the guy who comes up to you and kind of goes, hello, newbie. And you're like, mm, <laughs> just fuck off. Like, <laughs> he's so cute though. Yeah. I know. But, but can you imagine that? I can, I can imagine that cuteness just grating on me. Just kind of like, <laughs> I get it. Like, I imagine. <laughs> I imagine I would introduce him to my mother mm, uh-huh. and he would turn up in a buba and shukoto like, like Yoruba clo- I, he'd turn like, up I get you and I then yeah you. he'd be like Bim I want you to know that I, I understand that you're Nigerian uh-huh. and, I'm, I'm, and I accept yeah, it yeah you're proud of your heritage and so am I boo and I would just and that would make me just punch him in the windpipe right, right, just right. straight up just uh, can you stop punch. quoting James Baldwin please can you not <laughs> do you know what I mean like can uh-huh. you imagine having to tell your boyfriend to shut up about James Baldwin <laughs> mm. why would you do this to me. Do you know what I mean? Like, why, why? would you put me in this position? <laughs> why would you do that to me? If you loved me, right, you would so just what's shut your up. Answer? So I'd, okay. I'd maim him. Okay. I would marry <laughs> Terry Crews. Really? Yeah, because mm. he's just—he's a great feminist. I feel he like is. I feel like he also gives fantastic hugs. <laughs> that could be the father of your children. It sure mm. could. Like I'd marry mm-hmm. him and mm-hmm. Jesse Williams. Well, obviously, I, you know, Duh. until until both my hips broke. <laughs> He's so beautiful. He like, I was looking at a photo of him on my phone um, maybe a few weeks back and I just found myself grinning at my phone <laughs> like I was simple. Like, I was just smiling at my phone and then I put the phone down and I just stared into like the middle distance for like three minutes and then I was like, okay, time to, time to brush your teeth and leave the house. Like, oh, anyway. Man. So Jesse Williams is very, he's very beautiful. He's uh-huh. also obviously incredibly woke, which I'm here for. Right, right, mm, right. Which helps, yeah. Uh-huh. I want to bring back Simple. That was yeah, like pretty basic. Yeah. Simple and common. Yeah. Yes, common. Common is a good one. Ooh, right? that will get you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, next round. The theme is... And we apologize in advance. <laughs> oh, God. The theme is Republican candidate. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's see how far we can get. Let's see. <laughs> oh, God. So naturally, there's Donald Trump, oh. Ted Cruz, uh-huh. and Marco Rubio. If you would like to substitute maim for kill for this one round, <laughs> we would understand and it. we'll allow it. I'm clenched so tight <laughs> right now. Like every muscle in my body oh my is so God. tight. I am I'm I'm deeply, deeply upset. I just Bim's body is rejecting this question. Um I feel I feel a, a sadness in, in the well that's inside. Okay, okay, let's let's move through this together. Yeah, okay. okay. All right. Marco Rubio. I mean, he's Cuban. Yeah? Yeah. So Point. there'll be good food. All right. All right. Okay. All right. So, so are we marrying? Oh, Marco Rubio? I mean, I guess. <laughs> okay, we'll marry. Okay. We'll marry him. Okay, Mrs. Oh Rubio. I just Let's imagine move. him like trying to talk to you with his dry ass mouth. <laughs> What's that tumbler thing? Oh, don't do it. Just, oh, don't do it. You know what? You're right. Nobody oh needs this. Oh. Why is his mouth always so dry? Oh my I can God. just imagine him in I'm like sl- you're in a bed together. I need <laughs> you. I need He's you like, both to stop. <laughs> Wifey, <laughs> I want you to just stop. He probably makes this oh noise my all god. the time. Tra- no! <laughs> oh god! 
I'm actually gonna I'm gonna walk out of here. No, 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 Casey, you have to you can't do that. I can't. I'm you have to warn us. Am I wrong though? I just You are not wrong. Not wrong. All right, we got through one of them. All right, all right, all right. Okay. So so him. Ted Cruz. Oh god. And then Oh fuck. I didn't even think this through. No. Okay, no, no, take it back. Okay, okay. So so what I'll do is no, instead I will Oh shit. Um gotta marry one of them. I guess I'll marry Ted Cruz. Okay, okay. And then it could be a sexless marriage. <laughs> Fair. Sure, sure. Those and then we can get you a side piece. It's fine. <laughs> this is it. So I guess the side piece in this case would have to be Marco Rubio. Don't make that sound again. Don't. And I think I would be left with no choice but to maim Donald Trump. That's, you know what? Those are the parameters of this game. So there I we go. admire you so much because not only did you do that, <laughs> I just would not have done it. Yeah. But you did it sober. Bim is not drinking with us right I'm, now, ladies and gentlemen. I'm really excited for this next one. Okay. okay. White Bay's edition. <laughs> In one corner of this triangle yeah. is Jeff Goldblum. Oh, mm. the bayest of the bay. He sure is. A very formative crush in my life. Mm. Yes. In another corner of this triangle, we have a one Stephen Colbert. Ow, ow. Okay, okay. You know how we feel about mm-hmm. him. <laughs> Strongly, yes. And then... We have Leonardo DiCaprio. Oh, okay. Crush of every young girl's dreams from a long time ago. Can I tell you something about Leonardo DiCaprio? I had a poster of him when I was growing up. And I tried to put it on the ceiling, but it was too far. (laughs) So your little arms. I wanted to look. I wanted to, and I have very long arms, so it was a very high ceiling. Um, So I couldn't put it there. So I put it on the back of my door, Uh and for months I just kind of used to look at it and just smile at him. Um, Yeah, I was, I was, I was, I was was a very cute teenager. Um, (laughs) Then one night before I went to sleep. I just thought, you know what? No one needs to know this. And I just, I, I kissed that poster for the first time. <laughs> Don't laugh. This is a was very... Was your first kiss? It wasn't, it wasn't my first. It wasn't necessarily like, I mean, maybe it was my third. Anyway. Uh-huh. Okay. Um, it but was, was it the best though? Easily. 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 I'm not mad. And, and I remember... No I had, one's I had, mad. Because, you know, back then I only wore Vaseline on my lips. Right. <laughs> so, it was... Y'all yeah. just shattered. <laughs> Shining bright like a diamond from the back of the wall. So, so I, I kissed him, and then there was like a very obvious lips. Like, a, a lip, I, I worried that my mom was gonna see it, so oh I wiped God. it off. Oh my god! And did it just smear everywhere? It did. It did. This is a disaster. At the end of it, the whole poster was just glossy with like my Vaseline lips. Wow, it was just, Listen, it was horrible. Anyway, I've had a lifetime of loving Leonardo DiCaprio. I have strong feelings. Okay, mm-hmm. so damn it, I think I would have to maim Stephen. <gasps> I'm just saying. Oh my Bim, god! Thank you for joining us. This interview is over. <laughs> Jesus, like, like, no, no, no. Like before, before the maiming, like we'd have a great conversation. He'd make me laugh, <laughs> and then he'd be like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> and then, and, cool. and then I'd lean in and just whisper, "Time to die," <laughs> and it'd be fine because we'd have connected before that. Right, right, yeah. right. So that's him. But I, I love Stephen Colbert. like a obviously. true killer. I I'm, just, I'm British, okay? We're a brutal people. It's, <laughs> it's fine. Um, Facts. Colonialism, am I right? <laughs> so I would marry Leo because I feel like I could be the person to solve, you know, his problem well, yeah, of modelizing. Do you mean? Like, I do know what you mean. <laughs> I've thought about this. Like, she's like, how old was his last girlfriend? Like, 21? She's the baby. So I would have to, yeah, I think I would, I would marry Leo. Okay. And then, of course... 
that leaves me with Jeff Goldblum. Ooh. Who I'm not this is not a bad decision. Like <laughs> it is no, not. No. I'm I'm very I just I love him. You know, I'm very, very late to the Jeff Goldblum party, but I Same. Get it. I'm Same. Very, like within the last year. I was no. like, okay. did you not watch Jurassic Park when you were a child? I did. And you know what? I had a very intense crush on him because I went through a period in my life, uh-huh. right? It's a safe space. <laughs> I feel like I can say it. Sure. Where I was intensely attracted to white men who had black love interests. I am literally sense. writing about this right mm. now because it's a ge- it's a genuine thing. Like, yeah. mm-hmm. does anyone watch The Walking Dead? I used to. I'm like two seasons out. There is like this this couple that people have wanted to happen for a very long time. I was not one of those people for the record. I remember talking to my friend and I was like, okay, first of all, let me let me tell you something. Uh-huh. This is not the first black love interest this dude has had. Mm. Like, Ooh. I track this shit. I feel I feel like I feel like that I'm in an incident room in the police station. <laughs> And I can try another report. Yeah, basically. <laughs> and I can just point and be like, oh, well, okay, well, in 2014. Uh-huh. You got like, like a little red line. This is, I, have, I, have, I have like spools of, of yarn. <laughs> yeah, the serial can, killer map. Yes, yes. <laughs> the serial killer map. I, I, can, I can give you a timeline. Okay. And they You're were like, so oh. Real. But they were like, oh, this is. And I was like, no, 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 no. Oh. For those of us who have been observers of his career. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> I, we can tell you that this is, in fact, black love interest number four. Ooh. So all I'm saying is, I understand what you're saying. Okay. So Jeff okay. Goldblum is no, he was a very formative crush. I think I mm-hmm. saw Jurassic Park when I was maybe twelve. You know what? What I think fucked up Jeff Goldblum for me is that I saw Jurassic Park before I saw the fly. And for a long time, when I thought of Jeff Goldblum, I thought of him as a human fly, and I was like, <laughs> can't. This has been wonderful. You have to come back if for nothing else to do pew 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 because we spent so much time talking about men's and objectifying the men's which I do not regret thank you very much for having me thank you um, before you skate skate is this the 80s what did that just do what <laughs> for you skedaddle <laughs> <laughs> okay I still say skedaddle in normal conversation I'm feeling away wow I'm so <laughs> sorry <laughs> where can people find you and your work in the internet um, you can find me on buzzfeed.com, the website. Mm-hmm. And you can find, oh, I also do a tiny letter. It's just a collection of random thoughts. Oh, um, I love it. Already. I'm instantly in. Yeah. Right? Okay. That's, I mean, it's, it, has a, it has a horrible name. Um, I'm listening. The name is The Fuck Is This? <laughs> Incredible! That's a great name. Which is how I feel people feel when they get an email like, what? what? <laughs> and so I thought That's I'm going to preempt you and name my own newsletter. <laughs> the, the fuck, fuck is, is this? I love it. So I'm that's what it. my newsletter is called. Um, my Twitter is Bimadu, which is B-I-M-A-D-E-W. Yo, Bim, it's so dope to have thank you. Thank you. Thank you, thank you very much. Until next time. Thank you. Yay. Tracy. Yes. Oh my God! Where are you? Where'd you go? What? I'm here, <laughs> Tracy. Hmm. It's time for a round. Yay! Who you buying around for? I am buying around for something near and dear to my heart. What's that? Bread. <laughs> I love bread. I love bread. It's so good. Okay, first of all, I want to talk about bread bowls. Mm. So some genius <laughs> was like, "What if we just made a bowl of bread, right, and put stuff in it?" And I really think that's like one of the most clever inventions of all humanity. Do they only put soup in bread bowls? I have been not to enough bread bowl situations in my life, Mm -hmm. but it is a soup thing frequently. Yeah. Which is frustrating because the bread bowl contains multitudes. (laughs) (laughs) How dare you scapegoat it to soup only? Ooh, what if they put like pasta in bread bowls? Ooh, (gasps) or like, um, like a lamb 
curry situation. Right, right. Like a like a meat based. Yeah. Like meat Anyways, there's so many possibilities. Mm-hmm. But just all bread in general. You know I love me some croissants. I know. Is is the croissant your favorite form of bread? I do think it's in competition with the biscuit. Mm. That's hard to beat you. The layers. <laughs> <laughs> but a croissant has layers too. Yeah, 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 yeah. Literally. You see how I'm torn. <laughs> I see. I do see. It really is that simple. Yeah. I can't believe there are people out there who are gluten intolerant who don't get the joy of bread. I'm so sorry. I am we should so buy a round for them sorry. too. Yes, this round's for you. Oh, I'm supposed to not be eating bread during the week. I'm sorry. Thank you. Me too. <laughs> you said, Why? Because it's not great for you. You know, I'm trying to like live better. I'm. I've convinced myself that I have diabetes. Okay. Whether or not I do. There's a who, lot in there we have knows? to talk about. I know. I know. <laughs> All right, Tracy, who are you buying around for? I'm buying around for gospel music. Okay. I love gospel music with all of my heart and soul. I was raised in church. Mm. I went to church probably until I went off to college and I read a book and I was like, wait, all that stuff doesn't make any sense at all. But the only thing I had an emotional response to in church was mm. music. Mm. And I stopped going to church when I was 18. And so that was back before, like, Kirk Franklin was, like, rapping on the track. Bopping. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I hear <laughs> so you. I hear I'm you. I'm talking about, like, Mighty Clouds of Joy. I'm talking about, like, the Mississippi Mass Choir. Like, old school gospel. And some newer stuff, too. Like, I was listening. I've been listening to Kirk Franklin a lot. I know nothing about gospel except would, Kirk Franklin and Mary Mary. <laughs> so glad that you mentioned those two. Um, so I have a playlist called Get Your Jesus On. I'm happy to share it. And it's just like a collection of like very random, random songs, like popular gospel songs, yeah. I'll say. So not so much like the big choirs that I grew up with when I was like five, six years old, but like early Kirk Franklin, mm. early-ish Mary Mary, Donnie McClurkin. But when it comes to like inspirational music, you Word. really can't get any better than yeah, like facts. gospel music. And I think it's it's a very sobering indictment of a white culture when you think about the way that gospel music functions mm. as an inspirational source to an oppressed people Mm. because like spirituals, Negro spirituals and like early, early, early gospel. Yeah. It's all about life is hard, but it's okay because I'm going to die one day. Yeah. Like, can you imagine a life so terrible that your inspirational songs Mm. are about death, about death? One glad morning when this life is over, I'm going to fly away. Like how fucked up must your situation be? Mm. But I mean, I guess the good part of it, if there is good, is that, like, that message is one that applies to, like, literally any trial that you're going through. Like, I had a tough day, but I got through it. Thank God. And by God, like, thank whom or whatever. Thank secular God. Right. (laughs) Thanks to whatever force, like, brought me to this point. Mary Mary has a song called Yesterday. And whenever I feel like I've just survived something, Mm. I put on that song and it's just... I had enough heartache And enough headache I've had so many ups and downs I've never been to a a black American church. I've only been to Ethiopian churches. Mm -hmm. But the choirs seem so lit. Choirs be so lit. I love that there are these memes like (laughs) going to a white church versus (laughs) going to a black church. And it'll be like a a, like a stadium full of people because they yeah. have in the stadium the super churches I don't trust super churches that's, that's another story listen a whole another time but they'd be like my god is an awesome yes. god and then <laughs> the black choir they were like my god yes. is an awesome god he raised from hey. heaven above hey. with 
the fountain. It just but, seems yeah. fun. It's fun. It's fun. And I mean, I think it, it says a lot in like, I've only been to a Catholic church twice and it was the most depressing thing I've ever done in my life. First of all, there no was- No shade to Catholics. No shade to Catholics at all. This religion shit got everybody fucked up. But there was like this huge like, like fixture of a dying Jesus right above my head, right? And the whole thing was about Jesus died and suffered and bled, mm. and then he did. He he died he did. for us. <laughs> then he did. You know, and like black gospel music, when they're not like celebrating the end of this horrible life, mm. is like celebrating like the goodness of God and like being alive and being happy and being provided for. And it just feels good, man. I love it. That's beautiful, Trace. So shout out to gospel music. Shout out to Kirk Franklin, Dinah McClurkin before he. Got terrible, made some really, really great music. Shout out to black Americans who were enslaved and then made something right. incredibly beautiful. Oh my gosh. Jesus. I know. You're I know. welcome, America. I'll share my playlist in the newsletter. Yes. Which hopefully you signed up for. See, I decided that I cried my last tears yesterday. Uh, Tracy, we made it. Oh my lord. Bim is gonna come back like every episode now. We should get Bim back. Bim like, is tomorrow. the best. Yes. We don't have a recording schedule, but we should schedule one just to get Bim back. So you guys can look forward to Bim, our regular international thirst correspondent. <laughs> Thanks for stopping by the stewed. Uh, we want to give a shout out to the Pod Squad. Pod Squad. This episode was produced by our Pod Moms, Eleanor Kagan and Jenna Weiss Berman, with production help from Julia Furlon and Meg Kramer. Thank you to Paul at Argo Studios. Thank you to our in-house musicians, Jean Gray. You can follow her on Twitter at Jean Greasy. And to Don Will, who recently produced a dope-ass song for John Oliver. He sure did. Shout out to the come-up. You can follow Don Will on Twitter at D-O-N-W-I-L-L. Thank you to Optimus Prime. I would not have made it through this week without you. <sighs> Good thing is you didn't have to. Hmm? Ooh, speaking of gospel, there's a song by this man named... Can't think of his name. It's called Never Would Have Made It. Mm. Never would have made it. If it weren't for Tracy. That's how it goes. (laughs) That's the song. (laughs) Thank you, Trace. Of course. Thank you. Um, If you have not subscribed to our newsletter, you should do it now. Otherwise, you're going to miss my Get Your Jesus On playlist, (laughs) which is only like 10 songs. To subscribe, go to BuzzFeed.com slash another round slash newsletter. You get an Oprah gift of the week from me Mm. and an animal gift from Tracy. Mm -hmm. That alone. Come on. What else? do you need i have so many oprah gifts in my arsenal I'm so excited so so excited. finally i can use the many hours of oprah interviews i've watched <laughs> for something beautiful beautiful also check out our other buzzfeed podcasts like the tale show and internet explorer they're great you should subscribe um hit us on the buzz hey. hit us on the buzz you can find us on Twitter and Facebook at Another Round. Email us at another round at BuzzFeed.com. Rate us on iTunes mm-hmm. because we are bomb and we need that. Take, take your meds. Head. Invest in some nice running shoes if you can. Oh, my gosh. And, and take a really long walk. You know you what know, I did this like, past weekend? How all doctors are like, you should walk more. Yeah. Like, <laughs> they're, no, like right. Legit. they're right. They're right. <laughs> I have started walking to my boozy calorie-filled brunches Ooh, on the weekends. Okay. I walked from Bed-Stuy to Gowanus this weekend. 
What is that, like an hour? I don't know. It was three and a half miles. But when mm. I got to this place, I was like, I'm eating everything. And I felt so good about it. Yeah. Walk a lot. Walk. And then have a celebrated brunch with your friends. You deserve it. You, you deserve, deserve it. Good Ooh, that's a good That's a good note to end on. Yes. You deserve it. See you next time. Bye. I just found a really funny one. <laughs> Here we go. Uh, what if you moan during a pap smear? No. <laughs> you know what I almost did? I actually did? worry about that a lot. What? Uh, queefed. <laughs> <laughs> you said almost. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> Were you like holding it in? Like, nope, nope. You nope, have never nope. seen true fear <laughs> <laughs> until you've almost queefed in the face of your gynecologist. <laughs>